0: All right, First Corinthians chapter 10. Um, let's read um, 5 and 6 and 8. It will come our context, and then we'll pray. The Bible says this. It says, But with many of them God was not well pleased, for they were overthrown in the wilderness. Now these things were written, these things were our, sorry, now these things were our examples to the intent that we should not lust after evil things as they also lusted. Verse 8, Neither let us commit fornication, as some of them committed and fell in one day three and twenty thousand. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, it's just kind of a weird context that we have today, but you put it in the Bible for us. And uh, Father, I believe we need this as a society. I believe it would turn it around. We wouldn't, we wouldn't even be arguing about what a boy and girl is if, if, if people understood your understanding of marriage that you intend for us to understand. We're really living in a weird society these days, God. And uh, we pray that if you're not coming back soon, somehow we can revive some semblance of, of sanity in this nation and uh, among your people too. I and mean, God's people seem to be confused. And, and Father, I know there's plenty in this context that we're going to look at today to help us to, to be what we should be in your sight. And pray now that you would bless me, Father. I, I I'm. I've been tired lately and my mind isn't working the way it should sometimes. I just pray that you'd help me and it'd be a blessing to those that came. Help us to believe the Bible. It's the Word of God and put our faith in what it says. Pray that you work on hearts. Guide, and guide today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Your relationship to God should be the most cherished possession that you have. I think that needs to be stated here. Your relationship to God should be the most cherished relationship that you have. Because if you have that, God tells you how to treat your family. tells you how to treat your wife and your children and your neighbors and your society and and, and what to do in this life. And, and, and God just didn't leave us here without a compass. And he gave us the word of God to tell us what we should do in this life. Look at 1 John chapter 3. First John chapter three, and you know these verses, but it, it, it's good to know. And something you know, sometimes you read it again, and you see things in there you hadn't thought about in a while. But uh, uh, First John, not John, First John, in chapter three, and verse sixteen says this: First John chapter three, verse sixteen. You know the verse. Hereby perceive we the love of God. How how could the world today know God? According to him. Look what it says, verse 16. Because he, are you ready for this, Jehovah Witnesses, Mormons? Because he, God, laid down his life for, how about that, for us. And so so I don't believe that's in any perversion. I think you're looking at another verse today that most perverted Bibles do not have in it okay because it says in the context that God laid down his life there might be a few exceptions and so the Bible says we ought to lay down our lives for the brethren. so the title of my message today is how we lose our first love because when you first get married or you're first in the family guess who you love the most that family and you try to be a blessing to that family and there might be some days that we get out of sorts but uh, Sadly, today, we see an example of many of God's people who yield to the direction of ungodly men. Is not that what we're seeing happening in our churches. Who would have thought COVID would have been the biggest destruction of the Christian church in our country? It kind of makes you, you, you wonder if the churches were even Christian to begin with. But if you look at Psalms chapter uh, 10, and the Bible says down at verse 3, it says, for the wicked boasteth of his heart's desire, and blesseth, look at this, and blesseth the covetous whom the Lord abhorreth. And so, a, a worldly man's going to be about worldly stuff, and, and God abhors that, but he's going after his heart's desire, and if we remember way back in Genesis, in chapter 6, that that, that that was why God flooded the earth. Imagine a nation of a men's hearts were only evil from their youth, the Bible says, and, and uh, only evil continually, all right? And so the Bible says the wicked through his pride of his countenance will not seek after God. Look at this. God is not in all his thoughts. The only way you could be of a particular party in this country today is if you don't think about God. I'll also say that. That's a fact, you can't believe anything that's in that book in your lap if you're in a particular party today. It didn't used to be that way. I mean, I could see some benefits of, of both parties back in the 80s. But today, I don't know how we've got so far that they're taking stands against rational thought even and science books that were in the classes just three years ago. I mean, we're, we're, we're entering a weird weird state. And so the Bible says this, of his ways, are always grievous. And he says, thy judgments are far above, out of his sight. And as for his enemies, he puffeth at them, and he said in his heart, I shall not be moved. And so then you've got resist movement going on. If you don't know what that is, you can look it up. And it's been working good, and they're still executing on former presidents that would stand against them or... People that don't agree with them, they'll persecute them, make up stories and lie about them and use their media culprits to help them. I'm getting a little closer. I never say anything. Maybe you could say, well, you can pick any side you want. But I think that a rational person will see it that they're after their heart's desire. And because we're so blessed of God, God's people sometimes think that he won't won't judge a departure from loving him. Isn't that what it is? We're we're saved. We're on our way to heaven. Why would God judge us? You know this exactly why God put this in the context? The fornication in the context could be a reference to a couple different things. It could be Phineas. I think it works good for the Christian of, do you really love God more than this world? You see what I'm saying? You love God more than this world. We're so blessed. Look over at Revelation chapter 2. I'm going to show you something. Revelation chapter 2. And we're not going to necessarily look at Laodicea today, but we're going to look at a different one. But just a quick idea here before we get to Numbers 25, because the context of our text is Numbers 25. So 1 Corinthians 10.8 is Numbers 25, and we're going to be back there in just one second. But it says in Revelation chapter 2 and verse 4, he said this, He said, Nevertheless, I have somewhat against thee, because thou hast left thy first love. You see that? Remember, therefore, from whence thou art fallen, and repent, or do the first works, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will remove thy candlestick out of its place, except thou repent. Look at what they have, though. But this thou hast, that thou hatest the deeds of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Nicolaitan is a ruling class of people, the clergy and laity idea. And that's what they hated. They hated it when, when one person they thought was over the rest of their channel. God had ordained some people preachers. But these guys, they think they rule all God's people and they'll make up things called synods, catechisms, and such, um, apostles, or whatever it is. And if you don't go by what they, they say, they'll excommunicate you. God said he hates that. Well, look over at uh, Jeremiah chapter 17. If you decide to part from God's direction, guess what he does? He'll give you according to his ways. Look at uh, Jeremiah chapter 17. Isaiah and Jeremiah. These are good verses to memorize. We're talking about what verses to memorize today. In Jeremiah chapter 17, in verse 9 and 10, are verses that you should Um, have memorized that. They're, They're very good. And it says this, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. I just follow my heart. It's desperately wicked. The Bible says, Who shall know can know it? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give to every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. So when people start departing from their first love, He might just give you what you wanted and then judge you. All men should know where they're at with God at all times. you love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, strength, and mind? Look over at uh, um, Revelation, Romans 14. Romans chapter 14, and we'll go back. And... Um, look at the context. Romans chapter 14. Talking about losing your first love today. Romans chapter 14 verse 7 says this. The Bible says, For none of us live to himself, and no man dieth to himself. For whether we live, we live unto the Lord. Or whether we die, we die unto the Lord. Whether we live, therefore die, we are the Lord's. For to this end, Christ both died and rose and revived, that he might be the Lord of the dead and the living. But why dost thou judge thy brother? What if said that not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ, as it is written, As I live, saith the Lord, every knee shall bow to me, and every tongue shall confess to God. So then, every one of us shall give account of himself to God. And so, you're going to stand before God on the basis of how you lived and served Him in this life and what you could accomplish. And and wouldn't it be bad if you could have led someone to Jesus and you didn't? You decided that you didn't love God? (laughs) So the warning is set right before us. And he says, neither let us commit fornication. And and in Romans 15, since you're right there, verse 4, it says, Whatsoever things are written aforetime are written for our learning, that we through patient and comfort of the Scriptures might have hope. Look over at Genesis chapter 39. Genesis chapter thirty-nine and verse seven. Genesis thirty-nine, I hope this is right here. verse seven. The Bible says this. It says it came to pass that after these things that his master's wife cast his eyes upon Joseph, and she said, "Lie with me." But he refused, and said unto his master's wife, "Behold, my master." what is not what is with me in the house, and he hath committed all things, committed all that he hath in my hand. There's none greater in this house than I, neither hath he kept back anything from me but thee, because thou art his wife. How can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? And there it is. It's a sin against God. But his do you, you see what kept him from fornication? His love to God. Mm-hmm. And that's my point. People end up in a place they shouldn't be because they first depart from putting God first. And so what we're going to find in Numbers chapter 25 is how men take steps to losing their first love. How to spot steps of losing... Your first love. Because if you love God, you're going you're to follow what he told you to do. Right? So let's look over at Numbers chapter 25 now. Numbers chapter 25 says, Neither let us commit fornication. Well, what is he talking about? Remember, we're talking about people that came out of Egypt, the type of the world, by the blood of the Lamb, so saw all the signs, wonders, and miracles of God. We're getting fed by manna. We're being guided by God's positioning system. Uh, a fire by night and clouds by day. They didn't have to worry about hats. They're guided through the wilderness. Their shoes didn't get old on their feet. They, they had some pretty good blessings of God. Amen. And in Numbers, it talks about this departure that's being spoken of in our text. And and it's comparing our baptism into the church body and the judgment that God placed on these people is don't make the same mistake that they did. Okay, So that's how I got the message. All I did is put Scripture with Scripture. And so it would be a good idea to know what they did, wouldn't it? The first thing we see is in in verse 1. The Bible says in Israel. Well, look at this guy. Balaam, verse 25 of uh, uh, Numbers 24. And Balaam rose up and and returned from his place, and Balak went also his way. And Israel abode and Shittim, and the people began to commit cordom with the daughters of... You know what happened? Without God's standard and direction, men commit cordom. And so the first direction, the first uh, departure we see of people that commit fornication is they don't want God's standards anymore. I don't know that these were all single people. I don't know what exactly happened in this text. And God doesn't necessarily tell us but they're there and Balaam knew that God's people could not be destroyed because God's blessing was upon them. And he said, if you want to take out God's people, Balak, you just get them to sin against God and God will wipe them out. And that's what's taking place in verse one. They decided that God wasn't important enough to live for them and they decided they didn't want the standards. Look over at Deuteronomy chapter eleven, verse one. The Bible says, "Therefore thou shalt love the Lord thy God and keep his charge and his statutes and his judgments and his commandments." God wants His people judging. Do you see that? Go down at verse uh, sixteen in our context of this. He said, Take heed to yourselves, that your heart be not deceived, and that ye turn aside. So how do people turn aside? They're deceived. Their hearts get deceived. Are you ready for the, the New Testament verse? You could write this right next to there. Uh, James 122 says, But be ye doers of the word. And not here is only, deceiving your own selves. There's no alternate lifestyle that these people are making up today. I don't understand how you can be a science teacher and not know the difference between boys and girls. I don't understand how you could be in a church and and think that somehow a marriage was between two men and say you believe the Bible. I mean, where are we at today? It's nothing about trying it out. They're sinning against God is what Joseph said. If you commit fornication? So the question is not necessarily even male and female. If you're not married, don't touch. And Jesus said, if you want to be married, the husband shall depart and live with this wife, and they shall be two one flesh, not two. And so God knows what marriage is, and he created man, and he's not ignorant, like I get called today. We're well, so ignorant and big and narrow-minded. No, we're Bible believers. And so there would be consequences if you don't keep your heart. You know what I find in the last days? Look over at Revelation chapter 18 for a minute. Do you know that the, the church goes into harlotry? They're going to think they're church. but really Jews, kind of in this context. But, but I want to show you what it says of this whore. And the whore wasn't necessarily one committed whoredom. It was a false religion. And in, in Revelation chapter 18, and the context, I guess, right there is um, verse 2, he said he cried. There's an angel crying mightily with a strong voice, saying, Babylon the great is fallen, has fallen, it has become the habitation of devils, and the hold of every foul spirit, and the cage of every unclean and hateful bird. God always does that in the reference of devils, so that, that like the seed that gets planted and uh, it becomes this great tree with the devil's lodging. I don't necessarily understand that, but when you see those birds, it seems to be a reference to devils. Look at verse 3. For all the nations have drunk of the wine of the wrath of her fornication. I really think that's wrong. There it is. You can get mad at me if you want. And all the kings of the earth have committed fornication with her. And the merchants of the earth are waxed rich through their abundance of her delicacies. And I heard another voice of heaven saying, Come out of her, my my people. And so this harlot church that has taken over the end time churches are going to say they represent the God of the Bible and the love is not going to be towards him. And God says, hey you got to get out of there. Stick with my standards. I'm telling you today, I believe the average church in this country is in this group in Revelation 18. They love the harlot. And if you said something against them, they're going to attack you. And if you say something, poor old Jesus, they're going to think you're anti-religion. And it just shows me that, that this is what it is. And so God, can I stay in a bad church? Come out of her way. What if I say, honey, I really love you, but I met this lady down the road, and I'm going to shack up with her tonight. Oh, do you love your wife? No, you don't. You see what I'm saying? And people say they love God, but they, 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 they don't do what God told them, and they don't spend time with them, and they got a different life that doesn't involve God. And God said, it's time to leave that thing behind. It's time to take my standards. And what the, is interesting is the warning is from the first church that started. A church a uh, called out separate congregation from my friends out there that don't like me using the word church. I got guilt for using church this week. Of all things. The fact of the matter is a group of people that trust Jesus as their Savior that become the body of Christ and they shouldn't be messing around with harlots. The second thing I see is this and it's out of Numbers chapter 25. And I, I'm going to put my thing here. Numbers chapter 25. How do men lose their first love? Numbers in chapter 25. I, I really believe you've got to be saved to get this. And so, I'm not saving, I'm just... Listen, be content, it's true. Point 2 out of verse 2. And they called the people unto the sacrifice of their gods, and the people did eat and bow down to their gods. And Israel joined himself unto Bel Peor. What did they have? They had no love for God whatsoever. No love for God. Deuteronomy 32 says it this way. Deuteronomy chapter 32 in verse uh, 31. Deuteronomy chapter 32 and verse 31, it says, For their rock is not as our rock, even our enemies themselves being judges. For their vine is the vine of Sodom. Welcome to America. And their fields of Gomorrah their grapes are grapes of gall and their clusters are bitter. Their wine is poison. What are they talking about wine? The dragons and the cruel venom of asps. They say they have a rock, but that's all they got. is nothing but death. Everything in there leads to death. And if you don't love God, you've got death. That's all you have. Look over at Judges 5. Joshua, Judges, Ruth. You say, why were we at Judges 5? Well, Judges chapter 5 is the the song of, of Deborah and Barak. Did you know that? Now, your your modern Bible translators didn't like the way that the, the Torah was written, so they decided to use something out of the hexaplode and pervert the entire text, because they didn't realize it was a prophecy of Christ. And so when you get into the modern Bible translations, they... They, let's say it, they rape this passage. It's horrible. And it's just downright filthy and sick, and I don't care which one that you have. But we know that this text is a coming of the Son of Man, okay? And this is a, a, a record of what is going to take place in your future, not the fight of Deborah and Barak. And I'll just give you some, some instances. How do you know this? Well, the Lord went out a seer and marched out of the field of Edom. the The earth trembled and the cob cloud, cloud. The earth trembled and the heavens dropped. Did that happen yet? Are there no stars up there? Okay, so we know it's second, second coming. The mountains melted. Are there still mountains over there? The mountains melted from before the Lord. Even that Sinai, I'm the Lord. In the days of Shamgar, look at verse eight. They chose new gods and there was war at the gates do you know what happens in the middle of the tribulation they they decide to take the antichrist that's what this text is about okay what's so cool is if you go down to verse 11 and it says this they are delivered from the noise of archers in the place of drawing of waters that's your rapture (laughs) what a blessing that god can put it even down right in this text How do we know that this has anything to do with Christ? Well look at verse 12. Awake, awake, Deborah. Awake, awake, utter a song, arise, spirit, and lead thy captivity. (laughs) Isn't that cool? That's Ephesians 4 8. And so these perverts of the modern Bible translators, New King James, will pervert the whole text. It just makes me sick. They know that you've got a reference of, of Jesus and his second coming, and they'll just rip it right out and decide to take origins hexapla. And so, in the context, we know what? Is that they chose new gods. That's what we we're at, okay? They have no love of God. It's easy to take anything when you don't have love of God, okay? And that is actually going to be a reference to the Jews <laughs> in the context. But it happens in the church. And what's going to keep... You know what keeps you following God? Loving Him. It's that simple. I'm going to want to do what God wants me to do because I love Him. Amen? So they didn't want God's standards. And they didn't really have love. You know what I think people have? An appreciation for God's stuff that He gave them. Boy, I got salvation. I got a home in heaven. I have stuff. Look at this. Home in heaven but then they don't love God, and so it doesn't change their lives. And, that, and so that's how you lose your first love. You, like the, you love the stuff that God gave and not Him. What if my wife gave me a present? I say, boy, that's a great thing you gave me, honey. But honey, I'm over here. No, oh, this is great. <laughs> <laughs> I love that cake. <laughs> I want you to see a cake. She, wants a, she don't get anything. <laughs> Whatever it is. I'm just saying we know what you love by what you live for and what's important. And, and you might just love his stuff and not God. And I believe that happens to a lot of people. And it's a warning. Look, you're not going to commit fornication. You no know, sin against God if you love God. I mean, it's that simple of context. Sorry, back at verse 3. Numbers chapter 25, verse 3. Isn't it interesting? I, I was a little nervous. I'll just say this. I was a little nervous to take my bank called Affinity. Because I knew that uh, Solomon made affinity with Pharaoh's daughter. And so when I thought affinity, I don't know that I necessarily want the morals of my being. But look at what these guys did in verse 3. Israel joined himself unto Baal Peor, and the anger of the Lord was kindled. So without the love of God, men pick another God and think there will be no consequences. And without love for God, men will join to the ways of wicked men. They joined to a false god, and they joined to wicked men. So this was the false god, and all there was wicked men. Romans uh, chapter twelve. I'm just going to read these ones because they're going to say it's my some somebody that wants to get upset with me. Is going to say this is my opinion. And, um, and I'm just gonna, that's why I just want to read it. Romans chapter 12. Now God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish, right? God doesn't love a sinner that won't repent. And it needs to be stated. Why should, why should they repent if he loves them just the way they are? And people aren't saying that. And 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 I'm probably getting trouble with maybe even some of my colleagues who are saying that God doesn't love sinners that won't repent. But I'm gonna say he doesn't love sinners that won't repent. Romans chapter twelve, verse nine, he says this He says, Let love be without dissimulation. Abhor that which is evil and cleave to that which is Do you know what abhor is? It means to extremely hate. Psalms chapter 97. I think because we're, we're getting dumbed down by our society on um, what is good and bad, that we accept things that are wrong. And so if you watch our television, pretty soon if, you, if you're in a foreign country, you're going to start thinking that the average American is okay with adultery and fornication, because that's all that's on there, isn't it? And so, some of the best shows, the conservative shows, the guy's been divorced four times. I honestly have not watched him. That's NCIS. But I'm just telling you, you can go and you can pick your own show, and, 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 th- and that's just the way it is. And so, Psalms chapter 97, if you're here, look at verse 10. Ye that love the Lord, hate evil. And he preserved the soul of saints, he delivered from the hand of the wicked. God wants you to hate it. If you're not going to hate it, you're going to start allowing it back into your life, and you know what? I started thinking. I don't want my son thinking it's okay to be divorced four times. I don't want my get this one. I did anybody like action or combat movie type things? I did. No, I'm the only sinner on that one. But when my son saw somebody die on television, he went, "Oh!" What happened? Yeah. And it's getting people used to the fact that they're dying all around us and they're not even taking thought whether they're on their way to heaven or on their way to hell. And these people are dying and they're getting mowed down. And I want my children to understand that if they die and they're not saved, they're going to hell. And I don't know it's necessarily a good thing that he mowed them all the way down. I mean, do you feel lunky, punk? <laughs> I don't know that was all that good of a move that he made in, in that one night. I used to think it was really cool, but I don't know anymore. I look at that and I think, I don't want my children seeing murder. I know we can't. If, if it's going to maybe happen eventually, but let's not feed it to them. You know what happens? We get numb. Let's just think of all these little kids that are going like this. Oh, it just blew up. It's training for probably drones. I don't know what it is. But the Mortal Kombat, oh, I got 15, how many did you get? I mean, they're so graphic, now when you shoot them, the blood comes on the screen on some of them things. <laughs> and that was 10 years ago, I haven't really seen what new, what's new. I'm just saying, we get used to it, don't you? So-and-so committed adultery and they're living with somebody else and they were married and our, p- our families are starting to think it's normal. Pastors are doing it. People aren't saying anything about it. They're joining because they don't think it's that bad. Well, ju- are you judging them? No, I don't want the society to think it's okay to commit fornication and murder and the rest of it. So we're going to hate evil for the benefit of our children and family. We will look over at verse 4 of our context. How do you lose your first love? Well, <clears throat> you don't want God's standards. You'll take a false God. You'll join the wicked men because you have no love for God. That's what we've seen so far. They might be totally against your God, but you want to be their friend. I've seen that happen in high school. I don't know if you have. <laughs> Verse 4. The Bible says this. The Lord said unto Moses, Take all the heads of the people and hang them up before the Lord. <whistles> Do you realize he just killed a bunch of folk? <laughs> what would happen if the next school shooter was taken down to the center of the football arena? And executed and taken his head off what do you think it would do for the children in that school in the nation and don't stop say whoa, whoa, whoa. let's use the television this is what happens to a mass murder in the school the next one that's thinking it's so okay is gonna think well did you see what they do to Fred Instead of saying, well, he's really just not, he's misunderstood and he really has got a chemical imbalance and really what we need to give him is some more medicine to make him feel better about himself because they made him feel bad about himself. And as a result of it, he killed those people, but it wasn't really his fault. It was his home environment and his parents. Have you ever heard that? (laughs) Yeah, and that's what they're they're doing. That's Columbine. That's all of them. I mean, it just... They go right down the line and then they they rip up the parents instead of saying that that young man was was guilty because he chose to do it himself. They're more, they're more under, how how do I put this? They're more under condemnation. They care, how about this? They care more for the condemned than. God, I know what we need to do. We need to let the mass murders out of the jails in Minneapolis because they've really been misunderstood. <laughs> Those arsonists down there because George Floyd was almost dead and, and that white cop brutally murdered him, all whites are horrible. Let's burn down the city. And you can't put them in jail. Matter of fact, you need to put in jail because a long time ago, your family might have been slaves. Why don't you get on your knees and repent? I don't know if you've seen that. But they care more for the condemned. Oh, you you offended them. Where are you going to send them? To hell number two? I mean, they're on their way to hell. You tell them how to be saved. You don't accept the Say, hey, fornication's wrong. Wickedness is wrong. They were killed. Right down in the front of everybody. Why won't people change? Look over at... And, and this is scriptural. Are you ready? John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Isn't the Bible a modern book? You know who they care for more? The wicked. Look it down there. Verse. We'll start at verse 18. He that believeth on him is not condemned, but he that believeth not is condemned already, because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that light is coming to the world, and men love darkness rather than light, because their deeds are evil. For everyone that doeth evil, look at this, hateth the light. You know why they attack you as a Christian for saying it is right and wrong? The Bible says they hate the light, Neither come to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Well, we just got to see how they feel. The way they feel is wrong. The only hope they have is Jesus Christ and turning to him. And if he doesn't do that, he's going to die. Amen. Point five. On at verse six. Numbers chapter 25 and verse six. We'll just put it this way. Open sin must be judged. My sons start thinking it's okay. We start thinking it's okay if it's not judged. Look at First Timothy chapter five. First Timothy chapter five. <clears throat> It's not always great being a church leader. People start hating you and showing you what's wrong with your life. Probably it might be true. Instead of just saying, all right, you did what you needed to do. And God's grace covers us all. But this was what the Bible says. 1 Timothy chapter 5, down at verse 20. He says, then that sin, rebuke before all. It's not a secret matter. The Bible says you need to rebuke them. It says, I charge thee before God and the Lord Jesus Christ. And ye elect angels that to observe these things without preferring one before another. So it's not about a, a club. So if there's sin, you need to rebuke it. Look over at Psalms chapter 78. Psalm 78. I've been finding myself in Psalm 78 a lot. Down at verse uh, 5, Psalms chapter. 78, and verse 5 says this, the Bible says, for he hath established a testimony in Jacob, and appointed a law in Israel, and commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, verse 6, that the generation to come might know them, even the children which should be born, who should arise and declare them their children, verse 7, that they might set their hope in God. And not forget the works of God to keep his commandments. And might not be as their fathers a stubborn and rebellious generation. You know what a generation is? An offspring. God shows you to do something. You need to change. Not just have open sin. Now this is our context of Numbers 25. And we're just just cross-referencing 1 Corinthians 10.8 back to this. So let's go back over there and get verse 8, 7 and 8. And I just want to say it, God's for open execution, you know somebody sinned and you don't deal with it, it's going to start, you know, manifesting itself in people all over the country. I used to be on the other side of this, and when I started reading the Bible, I changed my whole philosophy, because God knows what's right, okay? Look over at Leviticus. Well, I didn't read the verses. Number 20, 25, look down at verse 7. The Bible says, And then Phineas, the son of Eleazar, the son of Aaron the priest, saw, he, saw it. He rose up among the congregation, and it took the javelin in his hand, and went after the man of Israel into the tent, and thrust them Thrust both of them through, the man of Israel and the woman through her belly, so that the plague was stayed of the children of Israel. And we know how many died if you go back. Quite a few died of these folk. Was that? 24,000, 24, yeah. Is it in? Yeah, I didn't get there yet. Yeah, 24. Look over at Leviticus chapter 20. This was commanded under the law. What's, what I'm interested in is what it said in Corinthians. Did it say 1 Corinthians 10? Verse 8. Three and 20,000, it says there. That's that's interesting. Oh, in one day it fell. That's one of those texts that you got to watch out for. In one day it fell 23,000, and then it says 24 in the old one. They'll that, that, use that as a reason that the Bible's not right. But, um, yeah, I'll spare you on that. Leviticus chapter 20. In verse 10, Leviticus chapter 20, and down at verse 10, it says, A man that committeth adultery with another man's wife, even he that committeth adultery with his neighbor's wife, the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be what? And all this stuff about what Hunter Biden did with this uh, uh, money and stuff, all this. What if, what if, what if you kept the law like they did in Israel? We wouldn't even be having a talk about all this. Oh, you committed adultery? It's not, oh, it's gross and disgusting. Oh, that's a death penalty offense. I mean, it's just not what we're the way we're living. And I'm not necessarily for going under that, but... But God said it's a death penalty offense. Look at Numbers chapter five. I don't know if you've ever seen um, a modernist try to use the the woman at the well as an example of how Jesus breaks the law. Okay, and we're going to look at it right now. Numbers chapter twenty-five. Or sorry, 5, and verse 14. The Bible says, Numbers chapter 5 and verse 14. Well, if, we we'll look at 13. And a man lie with her carnally, and it be hid from the eyes of her husband, and be kept close, and she be defiled, and there be no witness against her, neither she be taken with the manner, a spirit, and the spirit of jealousy come upon him, and he be jealous of, of his wife, and she be defiled. Or if the spirit of jealousy come upon him, and be jealous of his wife, and she be not defiled, then the man shall bring his wife unto the priest, and he shall bring her off her offering for her, a tenth part of of barley, and meat, and he shall pour no oil upon it, nor put frankincense thereon, for it is an offering of jealousy, an offering of memorial, bringing to remembrance iniquity, and the priest shall bring her near, and set her before the Lord, and the priest shall take the water in the earthen vessel, and the dust that is on, look at this, the dust where? That is on the floor of the tabernacle. The priest shall take and put it into the water, and the priest shall set the set the woman before the Lord and uncover the woman's head and put the offering of the memorial in her hands, which is a jelly seal. Anyway, she has to drink this thing, right? And so that's if 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 not the man and the woman are there. Go over to John chapter eight for a minute. John chapter eight. Remember when they're trying to get Jesus. I, I used to think that, well, God was really okay with adultery when I read this text. But I didn't understand is that they were trying to trap Jesus. Are you ready? John chapter 8. <clears throat> Look down at... Uh, do Verse 3. And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him, him a woman taken in adultery. And when they had set her in the midst, they said unto him, Master, this woman is taken in adultery in the... Where is the man? If he's in the very act, according to Leviticus, who's to be taken in stone? Both of them. This woman is taken in adultery in the very act, and the man isn't there. Interesting, isn't it? He escaped. Yeah, right, he escaped. <laughs> So Jesus is keeping the law. They say, now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what sayest thou? And they said, tempting him that they might have accused him. But Jesus stooped down and wrote with his finger on the ground. Where's the the dust off the floor of the temple, boys? (laughs) He caught them. They're caught. The jealousy offering out of Numbers chapter 5 is what needed to be done. And so God, I want to say this. Jesus is not okay with adultery. And Numbers chapter 5 proves that, that John in chapter 8, that Jesus understood the law. And that he said, he that is without you cast the first stone. He ended that thing by taking him in their own craftiness. She, if she drank that water, she was to be fine. That's what the law said. Because the man wasn't there. Because they weren't keeping the law. He caught him in their own act. We'll say this, he's still for open execution. <laughs> so that, that Johnny, I hope I, you see that that's just a farce that, that's put up by liberals. And we'll just say this, sin destroys. How does it happen? And it's basically was in what I started with. I want to show you something. Look over at... Um, We know the wages of sin is death. Um, look at Numbers chapter 31. Numbers in chapter 31. There was a, a false, and I'll just put Romans 6.23. You know this thing, Romans six We're talking about those losing their first love. Well, sin will kill your spiritual life. It's easy enough. It's done. Death by sin. Death passed upon all men. The conclusion is death cannot take you down if you're saved because of God's blessings. But you want to know how to be taken down, and this is the key. I should have just did this. The key, the whole message. We don't have to do anything else. If you look over at Numbers, in chapter thirty-one, and verse eight, Numbers chapter thirty-one, and verse eight. And they slew the kin, kings of Midian, besides um, beside the rest of them that were slain, namely Evi and Rechem, and Zer, and Hur, and Reba, and the five kings of Midian. Balaam, also the son of Beor, they slew with the sword. Well, who is Balaam in all this? Do you know that he was integral in this? He's the one that told Balak how to destroy Israel. Numbers chapter 25 it was his idea. Okay. Look over at Second uh, Peter in chapter two. Second Peter in chapter two. Look down at verse fifteen. Second Peter chapter two in verse fifteen is this: that They have forsaken. Well, look at no, no, no. Fourteen. Having eyes full of adultery and cannot cease from sin, beguiling unstable souls. In a heart they have exercised covetous, with covetous practices. Kind of the same things we've just been looking at and we'll look at in future days, okay? Verse 15, which have forsaken the right way and have gone astray following the way of Balaam, the son of Bolsor, who loved the wages of un... What did he do? He loved the wages of unrighteousness. Well, my question is Is still, according to the Bible, what did this guy do? That caused Numbers chapter 25. Look at Jude. Jude. We're almost there. Jude chapter 1, verse 11. The Bible says, Woe unto them that have gone the way of Cain, and ran greedily after the error of Balaam for a reward. So Balaam though he was a spiritual leader and prophesied the things that were right, he just wanted a reward. He wanted money. Still, we haven't seen exactly what he did, but you know the Bible tells us. And you don't get it till Revelation chapter 2. Back over at Revelation chapter 2. Oh, I've got the wrong one. Does anybody have the text, the Balaam of, of that? Two fourteen. Three fourteen, is it? Two fourteen. Let me see it. Three fourteen. Or two fourteen? No, not, not that. I'm looking for that. He taught him to commit fornication. Yeah, there it is. Two fourteen. I wrote it. That's supposed to be four. But I have a few things against thee because thou hast heard them that hold the doctrine of Balaam, who taught Balak. So Balak was the king. Okay. To cast a stumbling block before the, the children of Israel, to eat things sacrificed unto idols, and to commit fornication. So, what he did is say, Hey, God's not going to take him down. But if you get him to go down and sin against God, God will destroy him. That's, that's the doctrine of Balak. And you know what? I th- Balaam. And I do think that from that day till now, that this doctrine that really came from the devil is still perpetuated. He wants God's people to lose their first love and commit fornication. I think spiritual. I mean, not just necessarily physical. I think that's part of it. But the idolatry is always mixed in with there so that God judges you. That's why he's the accuser of the brethren. Isn't that scary? And so that's what's going on here. And it's a warning. And it's still good for today. And it comes from 1 Corinthians. Isn't that wild? So this is what's happened to them. They lost their first love. And they're judged. And if you're not careful, it's going to happen to you. Better keep your first love there. So I wanted to go through the steps. What are the steps? They didn't want God's standards. They were okay with the false God. They were joined to wicked men. They cared for the condemned men more than God. Open sin. It needed to be judged. And God commanded execution for it. And it destroyed 20, 20 and, well, back in the Old Testament it was 24,000. So right? 20, in one day, 20, 23,000 I don't know, but I sure hope you amount to something for Jesus. If you just stay right there in love with him, I think it's going to change your entire life. Let's pray. Father in heaven, Lord, I did the best I can with this text to help. I pray that uh, we just take it as it is in truth, the word of God, and and we just see that the message fits everywhere here, Lord, that we we don't lose our first love. Lord, we keep our our mind focused on you, and that we live for you with all we have. We ask this in Jesus' name.